0: Welcome to Career Competitor, where we welcome guests to share insights that will light the fire within you to make a career of competing, whether that be in your career, your business, your personal life, or simply within you, as the competitor within you might just be the greatest competition in your world. While I have you here, take the time to be rating the show, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe or follow the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Finally, be sure to head to careercompetitor.com where you can learn all about what it is I offer within my executive coaching company, and what it is I could potentially do to you as an individual or on behalf of you within your team and or organization. I would love the opportunity to connect with you, so be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com. But like I said, head to the website and be sure to check out everything that I offer and to learn more about how I can be of impact to you within your world. But for now, let's welcome in our guest for this episode of Career Competitor. Okay, our career competitor today is an author, consultant, and keynote speaker who's focused on how to transform organizations with a growth, growth mindset and psychological safety. Australian-born and now based in Europe, our guest has worked with global organizations for over 25 years, developing unique programs and approaches as a consultant and a coach. Much like myself, our guest brings a belief to all his work that it is only when people feel valued and respected can you fully realize the potential of a purpose-based organization. As an advocate and speaker on topics such as leadership, organizational, culture, inclusion, mindset, psychological safety, and much more. Who knows where we might go within our conversation today, but he's also going to be the author of a new book coming out later this year, Safe to Great, which is also the name of his company. So without any further delay, I'm delighted to welcome in two career competitor, Mr. Skip Bauman.
1: Skip, how are you? Very good. Amazing to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, I have absolutely. to say that I'm Australian. I have to say, awesome! It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we've got we've got a a whole whole just like plethora of of chaos here. We've got an Australian who's based in Europe. We've got a Brit who's based in America. Um, so there's already nothing consistent about who we are or where we've come from based on where we are right now. But one thing our work does definitely. Definitely highlight is that of trying to find consistency within who we are, what we do, uh, in order to realize potential within respective environments. So, before we start, maybe dialing uh, the years back a little bit and talking about your journey and your story of how you got here, I'd I'd love for you, Skip, just to introduce what it is you're doing today to
1: our listeners. Well, I help people bring out the best in themselves by bringing out the best in others. Uh, That's kind of like the central idea. I think after 25 years in in corporate. You know, coaching, training, etc. There's an obsession with the individual, and and I know that we want to release that potential, but so much of what we can achieve, in almost an as soon as we have an organisation that's more than one person, is fundamentally about the culture and the way that the team works, um, and sometimes, it's in terms of how we've learnt to understand effort, motivation. Uh, success, it becomes very much focused on our inner qualities, and they certainly help. But at the end of the day, it's so limited, but also potentially multiplied by the relationships that we have around us and activating them is whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a business leader, um, whether you're a swimming coach or whatever that happens to be, uh, relationships really are the key to it. And I know that can, it is very banal to say it. But when you look at how a lot of people tackle things they get when pressured, uncertain, uh, perhaps a little doubting, a little fearful, they tend to revert to these very individual strategies, what I call a protective mindset. So for me, it's about taking this big term growth mindset and saying, well, it's about growing yourself. But how can we make sure that the relationships around us are growing as well? Not in the sense it's all about me, but am I contributing to others growing? And, and so that's that's in essence the idea. And I apply that in you know, global organisations, um, and that means coaching lots of senior leaders and everyday leaders, and and helping them to see that they can make a bigger difference in the lives of others than they think, mm-hmm. and that others play have a bigger difference on them than they think. Mm-hmm. So, and and then that's where we can un, we can re- release that potential that you and I you know are so keen to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it brings, immediately brings to the surface this concept that I introduce with clients all the time is, you know, when we sit down, I always make it clear, like, no matter where you think you are in your process, there's a good chance that you might not be as far along in that process. But you're actually limiting a lot of the time what you're capable of. So there's actually a really wide gap, but it's this exciting gap. It's this exciting gap of potential where, sure. yes, you've got a lot of work to do, but you're, you're not appreciating just how capable you actually are and that you have this greater potential. And I very much hear that within what you're saying here, which yeah. obviously speaks not only to me, but certainly what we're about on this show. And I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to do something that I, I wouldn't normally do, and I, I want to start specifically with you here in, in the sense of
1: okay. what 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 work
0: do you do individually let's say on a day-to-day basis to really exemplify you know what it is you're you're obviously doing and
1: contributing to your clients that's a good question i mean i'm also a dad of three children under the age of 3 right um, so um so well i'm not you know being a consultant right. with the seven digit whatever um <laughs> I'm just a dad who goes to to pick up the kids at his trackies. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm an old dad. Uh, I, this is my second round of kids, and but uh, to me, watching and being you know that stable base, that safe place where children can grow and develop is something that fascinates me. I'm a psychologist. I mean, I love that stuff. Right. And and when you've got a couple of kids already and have seen them grow up to being quite relatively successful teenagers and adults and then starting again from scratch has been fantastic it's a real privilege and and you know I think you f- you forget more than you realize <laughs> about yeah kids. Um, but no, I spend a lot of time talking to my wife and work on being great parents. and 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 that is as good as anything. Uh, that takes up a lot of our time, by the way. Three children, we've got twins, two girls yep. and and one girl. so you know, we we are pretty busy <laughs> when we're not at work, both of us. So um that's that probably a good example of you know growth mindset. I mean, we're sitting there trying to create the right to right space, the right level of challenge, the right level of support. Which is this is what growth mindset's about. I don't want to get said I'm turning my children into some sort of <laughs> experiment. Um, but it's a real pleasure and it, it 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 confounds and delights us every day with what they learn and what they can do, and it reminds ourselves about you know how we as parents can often create those inner dialogues that limit children. You know, 100%. when you say we're self-handicapping, a lot of that is internalized. Well, all of it is, I mean. Yeah. And, we are and a product so, of that
0: <clears throat> well I was just going to say I'm so glad you actually took us there because I think it's so important a lot of the time on this show this, despite my best efforts sometimes people can listen to this content and think this is all, this is career, this is professional this is, you know, you walk in and you turn on this persona you turn on this version of yourself and then you walk out and leave that version of yourself maybe in the office or at work, whatever and here you are saying that There are examples of this everywhere. There are examples of this in parenthood, in in marriage, whatever it may be. You know, there's this this ability for us to say, okay, growth mindset, at the heart of it, um, if you want to really optimize it, it's going to take some work. It's going to take a lot of self-awareness. It's going to take a lot of accountability. If you're okay with maybe not realizing it then you're probably operating with some of this storytelling as you were saying some of those limiting beliefs maybe that you're operating yeah. with too and all of these components yeah they, they add up in the workplace but man do they add up in your personal life too and I, I, like i said i'm I'm so glad that you use that as an example because i can kind of tell that passion that you obviously have for being a dad and being a husband like it's like okay wow great like but that that mirrors so much of the work that you're doing with your clients as well
1: yeah I mean, it's it's sort of a personal track. I, I don't always sit there with my clients and say, oh, this is just like bringing up my kids yeah, or something sure. like that. <laughs> um, but I, I think we can learn from lots of things. I suppose um, the thing, if we're going to talk about mindset, yep. mindset is mostly story and partly true. <laughs> <laughs> and And so particularly people who are struggling with a lot of self-handicapping thinking, and there's different varieties. I have three of them, three varieties of it, but... But essentially, it's it is story, and our ability then is to sort of like to help them. We have to get them to see a little bit more of the of the truth of it, mm. and that's where it's a little uncomfortable. I mean, I would consider the work that I do, you know, along the lines of creating a bit of discomfort, creative discomfort. Um, it's inevitable because you, you you are. It's unlikely you're going to develop properly and substantially and sustainably if we don't create you know, real change and real feedback that can support you to stay in that mode where you want to go. Um, so absolutely, the, the self-talk really happens. And, and I suppose being a parent, because I was the youngest in my family, I didn't really think about it. And then I became an au pair when I was uh, 21 in Switzerland. And I looked after two small boys for a year in French. And and I suddenly realized I was actually quite good. <laughs> I'd never had anything to do with kids whatsoever. And I suddenly realized that one, I liked them, and and two, I had an ability to, I don't know, <laughs> communicate with them despite the fact I didn't speak very good French. Right. But I became very fascinated by that. And you know, and I so much of the psychology we know today has has an origin in understanding children and trying to trying to develop them well. Um, because we realized that you know childhood lays down railway track, it's mm. it's it's railway track. And yes. You can move it and change its direction and but it ain't easy to pull up railway track. Mm -hmm. Um, so it matters in my professional work. I mean, I I can only I only work in an organizational context. That means the company hires me. Mm -hmm. So when that's the case, I don't probe into people's private life because I can't, because I don't believe that when you're hired by a company, in other words, the company's paying, that I can touch that ethically. Um, because I think companies have too much of an influence on our who we are as it is let let alone having coaches probing too far into that but it's inevitable that the patterns that we see in our work life reflect uh are, are a consequence of what's happening in our private life and vice versa there are spillovers everywhere and you know i would hope that we're teaching people things about life and how to navigate life, this tricky life that we lead well at work and at home. I mean, good relationships matter everywhere. It doesn't, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to work or I'm going to go home and do something different. I mean, okay, try that. It'll probably won't work <laughs> in short. Well,
0: yeah. And, and what I what I really enjoy so far about every time you've the, – the couple times already you've brought up this notion of psych, uh, psychology and growth mindset, you – see the results, you see the work of of that of those components always leading towards greater relationships. It's this yeah. this notion of an output. And and I think that is something that I really want to sit with here for a little while because I think a lot of the time we have people come on the show that really help people in their process and and with their with their intentions towards achieving something. And it's able, to, it's easy to then internalize that achievement or make that achievement about you, the individual. And mm. again, having done my, gra- uh, done my background work on, on yourself and look at the work that you do, it's clear that there is always this result of, hey, yeah, there's going to be some individual focus here, some individual need for growth, but the result is always gonna be the impact on relationships and the organization as a whole. So I'm, I'm really curious with that, how do you maybe initiate that process with an organization where they're probably itching to get to that final result, right? They wanna see the organization blossom, sure. they wanna see the impact of your work. Mm. And I'm assuming that you're maybe coming in a little bit more reserved and having to emphasize a little bit more patience, maybe. So how do you get that message across of the work that's required to get to that end result?
1: Be blunt. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take the a while. The art
0: of every consultant. The art of every consultant. Be blunt.
1: <laughs> um, it's just to be honest. And if they don't like that, then you know we're never going to get anywhere. Um the desire for short-term short-term, quick results is is very high and that can lead you down a lot of sort of like magical paths, uh, you know, which don't really lead anywhere. Um, but, yes, it takes time. I think fundamentally, though, my job, as, as I've got more mature as a consultant, I mean, if you'd asked me when I was 30, you know, I would have probably said that, oh, leaders are crap, they need to just pull themselves together or something like that. <laughs> Um, as I think I've got older, I've, I've sort of began to understand, you know, how much you know beliefs, values, philosophies of individual leaders shape how they see the world, and and then in coaching becomes something slightly different. I mean, it's not the, the sense we want to change behavior. That's right. We want to change habits, but mindset's like a, an anchor. It it makes you safe, but holds you back. Um, is a metaphor I use, um, and I think I'm realizing that. I have to attack a little bit at some of the fundamental myths that most people have about, you know, what great looks like, or what what does innovation look like, or what does great customer service look like, or what does great sales look like. Because in general, people got some really crappy ideas about what actually makes it work. None of them are particularly sound. Um, and there's a lot of research that tells us what great looks like, but you know, that doesn't mean it's practiced and And I tend to attack it that way. You know, I have to start by saying, like Amy Edmondson did in her fantastic book, Fearless Organizations." I mean, she'd say this that you know information sharing is the key to almost any sort of well, any sort of like modern work. You have to share information, and relationships determine whether that information that is shared is honest, candid, creative, and innovative that's it i mean so i tend to attack it that way and say if we're not working relationship we're not getting good information therefore we have to fix the relationship um and that's that's a, a simple point of departure but i mean you might take a slight different tack with somebody else but that's i try to start with you know let's let's get a little scientific here about what's really going on and and, and a lot of leaders have never really been challenged deeply about their thinking you know as they they just assume that I just have to hire some great talented person who's going to run faster than everyone else, and then I win. And I say, well, yeah, that person might win, but if it demotivates 50 other people on your sales team, that may be not a good idea. <laughs>
0: it's it's so it's so reassuring to me, to be honest, to hear someone like yourself working on this this type of stuff because I, I'm someone that's done my studying on this. I certainly don't have the qualifications that someone like yourself does, but at, at the same time, I know the power of of this type of work and the 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 kind of direction I want to go here is to is towards that of psychological safety because so much of George. what you're so much of what you're preaching here is a catalyst for that. You know, you're you're getting people to a point where they can really start to see themselves in a role within an organization and consider themselves to be in a much safer position. Now, I'm not going to start defining that because I know I'm not doing a good job of it right now. But what I will say is that I I appreciate the way in which you go about this. and, And it also just exemplifies why it is the work that you're doing is a proponent to psychological safety. So with that being said, it is still a term along with the likes of you know, emotional intelligence. These sort of words are now becoming buzzwords in the in the workplace. And I know psychological safety is still being seen at by a lot of leaders. Just like, oh, wait, you know, this this sounds scary. I don't want to get anywhere near this. Give me your sort of definition. Your your you know, two cents on psychological safety here.
1: I think Edmondson's definition is really cool because essentially saying that I have an expectation if I share critical, unusual, different information to the rest of my team i i have a belief that i won't be punished excluded um you know ignored when i do it mm-hmm. so it's a positive expectation of trust and and that's so it's not that different to trust it's just it's just a slightly different way of looking at it which because i said in, we're working in a world that is 50% more collaborative than it was 20 years ago We're much more dependent on relationships than we ever were to get any work done. So it becomes a really important sort of rethinking of issues around trust, which is the simple part. The the thing to keep in mind, which perhaps Amy Emerson talks less about, is that organisations are fundamentally unfair and unsafe in general. And that's a bold statement, but it's just being honest. There's nothing to suggest, and, and unfortunately, if we approach developing people with this sort of belief that the world is fair, we're not actually helping them.
0: Goes back to parenting all over again, right?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we have to set them up, that, that there will be experiences that, that that are beyond our control that that can really screw things up, mm. in short, right? And, and that means that quite a lot of the strength-based school of leadership, personal development, leaves people somewhat Unprepared for the reality of what they're actually going to be working with. So my job is to help them through psychological safety and things like growth mindset to sort of understand what great looks like and to work towards that. But I have to change the what the the playing field. Hmm. I have to do both. There's no point saying that. I mean, there is. I mean, I can help people to be able to create an umbrella. In other words, a leader can can create a, a psychological safety and growth mindset in organisations fundamentally toxic. We know that and we've measured that, right? So you can make active choices to create spaces that are different to the ones around, you know, beyond you. But that being said, you have to realise that that we're going to have to change this. And it's because we're sort of, I would say, historically moving down a path due to technology and due to a a few other developments in our societies, which is towards less safety, and less fairness, which means that psychological that's why psychological safety is so popular in my head, is simply because people are feeling so anxious and 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 worried about what's happening. And the two causes, particularly which come to mind, one is, which is what I call as globotics, and the second one is um is climate change. The I mean people and whether you believe in it or not, the hurricane still hits you. You know? <laughs> you know, and, and so. And and whatever the cause of that is, we still have to deal with it. And and so from an existential perspective, I say the workplace is less safe than it's ever been. And we take less care of our employees than we perhaps used to. Um, but that's also because the workplace, even for leaders, has become more uncertain. Just in general, everything's just if we look at what happened after COVID, I mean, there was great success and and money made. Um, but also some of the most difficult management conditions. I mean, I've been coaching multiple senior leaders in the last two years, and they have never seen anything like it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you basically threw the rule book out, you threw all your predictions out, you couldn't budget, you couldn't do anything because you just had no idea. Mm-hmm. And that is a worrying, and we can't change any of that. So my belief here about is that if we, if we allow events and adversity and uncertainty to screw with our head too much, we become soloists right? We, we start playing solo. Mm-hmm. When we start doing that, it has very bad consequences for how effective we are. We actually make it a lot worse than it would be if we stayed together and accepted the reality of the situation we're in. Because as soon right. as soon you, as soon as you split people up into small islands, it gets very, very messy, very quickly and very ineffective. So the whole book is really about how do we create safety in that future of work that's coming quickly at us, which is the globotics? Which is the uh, which is climate change? Which is this whole need to sort of reinvent how we do the economy, the great reset they call it, mm. and 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 to to be able to do that and to create then the growth mindset, that ability to sort of be able to do more, because mental health is a massive problem right now, and in general it's being driven by that feeling that I cannot meet the demands that the job or my life is placing on me. Mm. Now you can't solve that at the individual level particularly easily. It's very difficult to imagine how you do that. And that's Mm. why we're seeing the failure of individual coaching and mindfulness, et cetera, the individual level attempt to solve stress and burnout. It simply doesn't work Mm. because the problem of capacity is also a problem of expectations. It's not as simple as that. You, You can't necessarily individually change the expectations that your job, your customers, et cetera, have towards you. It's a, You know, there's a there's a relationship there of some sort. Yep. So yep. growth mindset is teaching you to be able to, to mobilize more of your own resources, but more importantly, to mobilize resources of people around you to shape and to get their help potentially, but also perhaps to influence them, to increase your capacity, to meet these challenges that you're faced with, so to pro- increase your capacity. Mm. Uh, that's kind of the metaphor I use to describe it.
0: Yeah. I, I love all of this. Um and when I know when I know a guest is bringing so much great content uh, to the episode, it's when I can't remember the question that I even asked you. Uh, <laughs> so because that that was that that's just how that's how absolutely absorbed I was in your answer that I don't even remember the question I asked yeah. I asked you. And, and
1: that, that's that's it, very kind it, of you. Yeah, and,
0: and and so for for me, for me, as I'm listening to you here, I me just being the advocate for all of this that I am because I, I want to get to the book here in a second and you, you've touched on a couple of sure. things already within it, but just me being the advocate for this that I am, me personally coaching individuals, me trying what I can do to... Work with an individual in a way where I know there can be a knock-on effect with the the three or four people that they manage. Let's say and hope that Mm. in time that those three or four can then go and impact another three or four. That's kind of how I go about my work with that knock-on effect mindset. But I'm I'm curious. I'm curious with you if if someone's listened to this and they think I'm only one person, I'm only one person, and skip like this is some great content. But where the heck do I start when it comes? to that notion of, hey, I'm only one person, but I do want to buy into this and I do want to start to
1: make change. Well, I think you you spoke about it earlier. I mean, you have to know your stories. I mean, that's... And most people don't. And that's because, because you're not meant to. <laughs> <laughs> your brain is actually not... doesn't want to reveal its secrets. So you're going to have to get some help or spend a lot of time at a, you know, like a yoga camp. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, just not, it's just not something... Because you have to, learning about growth mindset is also learn to think about yourself better, because um, people often ask me what is mindset. Now, the best definition I've come up with so far, which isn't some real technical psycho babble, is that mindset's a bit like, you know, if you imagine you're a driver and a car, and I'll explain why that I have both those in this. If you imagine you're a driver uh, and the car,
0: yep.
1: and you've got a certain potential. Mindset tells us. About how you drive that car, and you could be in traffic, you could be on a long journey across state, you could be driving to Disneyland with kids in the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mindset is telling us a little bit about what's your tendency to drive, but it's also telling us about how do you respond to the other drivers around you. Mm-hmm. You know how are you managing road rage? How are you are managing the tailgater or the guy showing you the bird? I mean. What's going on here? I mean, I keep thinking of this um, terrible film uh, in LA where um, Michael Douglas sort of goes from road rage to to nuking the whole city. Um, Yeah, that's a bit of an example of mindset out of control. (laughs) But, But I have to see that film again. Anyway, since I've come up with this metaphor, but you know, it's, it's learning to, to sort of like understand, to see those patterns better is a really good start. And, and and understanding how those stories, I mean, you know, emotional control is part of mindset. Um, well, certainly in my case, I mean, my, my, my theory of mindset is a bit is a bit different to Carol Dweck's. Carol Dweck's is focused on learning in particular. Mine's more, you know, includes things like emotional intelligence and self-management and purpose. So it has a broader sort of understanding of what are the things that we need to have in our mindset. Because mindset is really about how you manage your your thinking, your feeling, and your actions. So, so, how do you how do you create patterns around that that work? And emotions matter a lot. So, imagine you're in that traffic. You're driving to work. You know how are you attacking that, and how are you responding to what's going around you? And and sometimes people, you know, start. You know, tailgating. Some people pull over to the side of the road, let all the traffic pass, and some people just turn around, and drive backwards through through the five lane freeway. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and and those are protective strategies that we often meet, you know, in organisations. And I think knowing those stories and and how, particularly how it's influencing what's going on around you is is really important. Yeah. And most people haven't thought about that. I mean, I I didn't. I you know, I went to university. Uh, you know, I was a diving instructor. I was an au pair. and then I went back to university to study psychology in Denmark. Copenhagen that is um and then I I didn't think about it. personal development then I then I started being co- exposed to it and and I a whole world opened up for me I, I had never thought about my own values or you know what's important to me or not and that's like when at 28 which is is that a bit late Maybe it was I've caught up pretty well since then but but to be honest I'd never thought about it and most people don't they've, they've never asked that question you know right how do I drive you know how, how am I driving this thing? Yeah. so it's different to personality it's different to the profiles that people are used to like mbti or like insights or whatever it's very different to that because it's imagining building up this sort of like muscle sometimes i think mindset's a bit like wisdom Mm -hmm. because it's actually being able to make choices that are different to what you what you might believe is right for you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know because we all learn that as we get older we learn that drinking too much is a bad idea so we don't do it as much I'm only kidding. But it's 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 like we might want it, but that doesn't mean it's right. and And that is the thing about wisdom that comes. But there's also the chance of the opposite. You know, there is despair, which is the opposite of wisdom, which is I've learned something about the world and then I retreat from it. I ungrow, as I would call it. Yeah. So these are all possibilities. And learning where you are in that journey right now, mindset is not like personality. It's not fixed. It can be shifted. We can work with it. I define it dynamically, so people don't feel that, like most personality tests, that when I'm tested, that I'm in that box forever. I I mean, I'm not thinking, I'm not even trying to say that. I'm saying where you are in the relationships you're in right now, the people you're working with, this is the kind of traffic, and this is the way you're driving your car, right? right? Right. And and at the individual level, absolutely can make a big difference. And funnily enough, that when you find that sense of you know a more growth mindset, you're going to see other things happening in your relationships around you whether with your customers or with your you know your family or with the people that you work with indirectly Because i think every company owner has a lot of you know relationships that are really key to them to work mm-hmm. and i think there's gold there uh to be found
0: yeah and, and it's such it's such beautiful insight because the the important message that i took there for anyone listening who is maybe an individual that does want to make a change but does feel isolated in that ability to make a change is that there's a story to tell there's a story to tell yourself here in terms of okay I can I can tell myself the story that I am only one person and then I am not enough to make a change or you can tell yourself the other story you can tell yourself the other story that hey maybe if I keep trying maybe I can make a change maybe I can make an impact as as this one individual Uh, maybe I can slowly start to influence these two or three people that are directly around me each and every day slowly but shortly And start to bring them in on the conversation and slowly now we're having conversations of three or four and three or four of us are trying to work on our mindset. Three or four of us are trying to expand the growth of of what we're doing each and every day. And, you know, I I hear that in your, in your words, in in the sense of, you know, the power of story is just, this is something I've done a huge amount of work on myself uh, over the last seven or eight years, we, we kind of run a similar trajectory, I guess it was around sort of 28, 29, where I just sort of said, listen, You know, you got to figure yourself out, man, a little bit and start figuring out where you're going with this thing that we call life. And uh, I think since then, my personal development has kind of really started to accelerate in my awareness of these type of influences on Mm. ourselves, such as telling story, uh, so massively impactful. And I love the the railway track definition. I love the car definition. I think everyone can relate to that in some way, shape, or form, maybe some more literally than others. (laughs) Um, But I think... uh, I think at the heart of that, though, man, it's just like you're really you're really encouraging people just to say like enough, <laughs> enough with the story,
1: <laughs> enough with the story. Oh, you ab- know? Absolutely, but <clears throat> there's a lot of crap advice out there. I mm-hmm. just keep in mind because yeah. um, a lot of a lot of the family, friends, colleagues, leaders actually want us to stay like we are. Yeah. Um, and so that that's something we need to consider with each person. I, I, I'm not going to generalise and say that's the case, but but there's you know there's not always good stuff coming in one ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. it just should go out the other. I think when you're sort of saying it's story, it absolutely is. You know, as I said, mindset is mostly story, partly true. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like to shift that balance <laughs> a little bit. It, it'd be good for you. Yeah. I, I think though we we get caught. I'm, the mindset is about the mind. It is but it's also about our emotions and if we look at how a lot of the coaching i would what, I, what i've i suppose has changed in my coaching over the years um would be this sort of understanding how humans you know feel first and think afterwards so whether you're an individual entrepreneur running a business or or whoever else mm-hmm. it's the same lesson is is understanding your emotional state where your energy is right now, and then being able to concentrate it, redirect it, calm it, increase it, is probably the most important thing you could possibly do. Um, I didn't realize it until a coach said to me some years ago that, that you know, I was like a volcano. I either was going off or everyone was worried about it going off. <laughs> it's like the rumbling Vesuvius. Yeah. Um, and I never really thought about that. And I hadn't said anything. Um, so I've learned to to really be mindful of of whether they call it body language or not, but but making sure, and this would be a tip to your listeners, yeah. is absolutely before every meeting, whether it be on the phone or whatever, to ground yourself, you know, take those 15, 20 seconds, say, okay, where do I, where do I need to be in this conversation? Yeah. Because what we know is that the mind can shape, you know, shape emotional and energy state. That's a little bit what meditation is about. I'm not saying you have to meditate prior to every meeting, but that ability to say, okay. What's the right emotion and I, I use I use a mantra for it in the sense that I you know I will I will say to myself in my head words that help me you know ground my emotions say okay that's where I need to be and and know that if I want to communicate a certain message I want to create a certain relationship it starts with energy mm. get that right you know and it, it's a you nudge people in the right directions you can't control how other people, react to you but you can do your best that things like unconscionally your energy slipping out and shaping how they see you uh and in my journey that's being too aggressive so you know in my journey it's having to to look smaller you know Mm. (laughs)
0: <laughs> if you Something if you like if, if 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 you can't see the video right now we're getting a very good impression of uh, <laughs> of skip yeah, it's very it. small <laughs> but i, I want to what what i want to do here skip though is uh, as we sort of move toward the end here i i want to yeah. firstly firstly i'd love for you just to give us maybe your little 30 second uh insight on the book and you know what why it is someone should be uh, considering getting themselves a copy
1: We've got um, two really big challenges ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's not me saying it. Um, as I said, one of which is we have to do something to change the way that we produce all our goods and generate energy because it's not quite going to work. And I know there can be lots of disagreements about that, but this this is moving really, really fast, um, and. That's going to change a lot about how we live and work and and so on. So we're going to have to learn really fast. We have got a very tight deadline on this. It's about 2030, which isn't very far away. Um, The second one is the robots are coming. Now, they may not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, but the impact on middle-class white-collar jobs in America is going to be absolutely massive. And it's the same timeline. It's about the next seven years we're going to see sort of like, you know, 40% of the workforce having to re retrain. So we've never done this before as a society, as a community. And so the book is about how do we create the kind of leadership that will enable people to feel safe enough to actually want to learn, be able to learn, to not be distracted by all this noise around them, to actually invest in themselves and each other to create the kind of growth in the way that we work together to actually reach those challenges and solve those problems. And, and that's in that's that's in short what it's about. And you can learn about what growth mindset looks like, but also about those stories that you and I've talked about that make us safe but hold us back, these protective mindsets, as I would call them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's a book that can be relevant to the, you know, the leader entrepreneur um but obviously is is shaped a little towards people who are leading in organizations that are a little bigger than that and and how are they preparing their organization for the future because it's coming whether we like it or not, you know we can pretend like this isn't going to happen, but mm-hmm. AI is here, and uh, chat GPT has just made us all a bit shaky, right <laughs> and it's just, the start. I mean, it's just it's, the start it's just the start yeah it's,
0: and again i I honestly can't wait to to give this thing a read uh once it's out it it sounds. It very much sounds groundbreaking in terms of just uh, the, the types of insights that it's going to really provide leaders and force people to get significantly more uncomfortable with how they look at things and and, and how it is they try to exercise uh, what it is they do within their organizations. But I'm going to challenge you here, and in one sentence, uh, I want you to tell everybody uh, how you would consider uh, making any day of the week a, a considered a win. How do you make any day of the week a win for you? How does Skip define a win?
1: The the answer is you have to make progress, um, and progress can be you know big or small. Uh, mm-hmm. But you you have to set yourself up. You feel you've made a step forward, mm-hmm. and I not only know that, but that's also a fantastic book called The Progress Principle, and I can recommend reading it. Um, but that's what really matters. And as leaders, the best thing we can do to create motivated people mm-hmm. is to give them that win every day and to try to shape what's going on in the workplace, that there is that sense that I go home having done something meaningful, relevant, important. It doesn't have to be huge, but it has, to be, you know, it has to be there. It has to be a concrete success of some sort. Love it.
0: Love it. Progress every day, no matter how big, no matter how small. Find a way to progress. Skip, it's been an absolute pleasure. I probably could have talked to you for a whole nother episode. So who knows, maybe a uh 10 20 30 episodes down the road i'll invite you back on the show you're a
1: mass production you're a machine my friend thank you for the time today it was amazing i appreciate it
0: i'm so glad you enjoyed it and uh i'll be leaving any and every bit of information people need uh for how they can learn more about you in the show notes but in the meantime again skip enjoy the rest of your evening over in uh over in europe and uh i'll be in touch with you very soon mate cheers for the time thank you you're very welcome Hey don't go anywhere. I've got my final thoughts coming up from our guest today so please take some time give it a moment, take a drink. I got a couple more minutes I need to get out of you some final thoughts. Here we go Emma, thanks again to Skip for joining us on the show today. I mean, the the content here is something that is so important to me to share with leaders. Within organizations and those of you that are running businesses, it's so important to hear this content. At the heart of it is information that can really be freeing to people that you are potentially responsible for. And hey, if you're not a leader, if you're not a business owner, if you're an employee within an organization... This is something that you need to have a heightened awareness of just to simply be more educated. I'll be taking specifically from this episode is the power of story and not necessarily the ones that we listen to, but the ones that we tell ourselves. That internal narrative, You all, we all have it. We all have the storyteller within us. And quite frankly, a lot of the time that story... ah. Uh, it's not necessarily the most positive. It's not necessarily the most uplifting. It's not necessarily the story that's going to drive us to be maybe the hero that we want us to be within our lives. Narrative is so powerful when you think about it from an external standpoint, but what about that internal focus? How can we shift our mindset? So much of what Skip spoke about comes back to mindset within this episode, but how can we shift That mindset in a way where we're telling ourselves the stories that we either need to hear or we're just stopping ourselves from telling stories altogether. And we're looking at the facts. We're looking at the data. We're looking at what's right in front of us. And we're fueling our mindset around truth, around what is actually going on, as opposed to being influenced by, let's say, emotion. And again, that ability to look at mindset through something that is both the mind and emotion, as Skip alluded to as well. So the importance here from a story aspect, just ask yourself, what stories are you telling yourself? What is a typical story that maybe you read to yourself internally each and every day? And ask yourself, is that story helping? Is it facilitating you in a way that can allow you to be successful? Either change the narrative within you or start to coach yourself to find ways to avoid storytelling, especially if it's going to be detrimental to what it is you're doing each and every day. So I really appreciate the insight with Skip. Frankly, we could have spoken for a whole nother 40 minutes or so, and I think Skip's going to be someone down the road that we welcome back to the show. He would be an ideal Uh, returning guests. So hopefully we can make that happen down the road. But in the meantime, listen, guys, so much great content, not only within this episode, but coming forwards as well. Make sure you are subscribed to the show. You would be crazy to be missing out on some of the content that continues to come your way in the weeks ahead. I would love to also hear from you. What did you think of the episode or maybe Are you someone that would be great to come on the show as well? Reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com and I would love to hear from you. And before you leave, if you enjoyed this content, make sure you're sharing it with other people, but also click that fifth star, those folks listening to us on Apple Podcasts. That fifth star goes a long way to building the awareness of what this show is and who should be listening to it as well. So thanks again for your time and your attention. I hope you took away all the awesome insight that Skip was able to provide. And I wish you nothing but the best with everything and anything you've got going on within your world. And look forward to doing this all again with you very soon. Bye for now.